2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do.
0: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
2: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: From the Whiskey 61 Lounge to the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Your SEC Insider Hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. And the show is also presented by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Mississippi State comes away with a good win on Saturday. It may not have been pretty, but... Winning in this league is uh whew, highly coveted. You'll take everyone you can get, especially in the West. And uh, they come away with a W in overtime. They kind of fell asleep for about an hour and a half during the game. And I think a lot of people are sh- kind of scratching their head there as to why they went nine straight possessions without scoring on offense. Um, you know, one of those possessions was a special teams touchdown by the – uh Little use for whatever reason. Tulu Griffin, who is an absolute highlight reel, waiting to happen. Uh, he's got three games left in his junior year, so the clock is ticking. He had a 57-yard catch too. Um, so when he gets it in space, he's got that. This team does not have a lot of this. He's got some wiggle and some speed. Uh, but Massimo Biscardi, to me, was uh, there. Were others, Crumedy and so on. But Massimo Biscardi was the MVP. When you've got that, that those kind of stones and bells to hit three straight kicks in bad weather, pressure, all that, everything's going against you, pretty damn impressive from that young man. And I thought Cadillac missed on the second timeout. I thought it was too late. But the refs let him and that staff do whatever the hell they wanted all night, which I could not figure out. We welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Gene's Page, the Boneyard Podcast. Steve joins us on the Dosaki guest line. Steve, uh, how about Massimo Biscardi, man? I mean, was that pressure packed, bad weather Cadillac's going to empty the tank on the timeouts. How impressed were you with that young man? I,
4: I was impressed. And, uh, I absolutely thought it was the right decision for Cadillac to do that based on state's place kick in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, the guy just sat in there and just, you know, hey, let's ride. You know, I mean, of course, uh, if he had missed one of the first two, then all of a sudden Cadillac looks a little silly. But right. the reality of it is, is he took the best chance possible, presented the the situation, and Biscardi comes through. And and when's the last time State's had a big kick like that? I mean, maybe uh, Derek Pasqual to uh, force overtime against Arkansas years ago. I mean, it's like right. State hadn't had that pressure type kick in a long time, and and he comes through there and uh, in many respects kind of saves the season because that's a ball game, as you say, that State had in control and you have these periods of malaise that have kind of plagued State this year. And that, that's probably my biggest issue, Bo, is, is that the same issues you had against Memphis you had against Auburn, you know, and, and that's that's got to get better. you got to be more consistent on offense. You can't have these periods where everybody just kind of goes to sleep and gets comfortable.
3: Uh man. Massimo Biscardi. what a dude last weekend like you said they needed that shot in the arm and that kid was on un- and we talked to Steve it's easy for all of us to kind of gloss over uh how about the long snapper and the holder time and time again yeah. on a wet field in in some pretty crappy weather Steve
4: yeah absolutely and that's been an issue too I mean that was you know when they had some of the field goal kicking issues and when you got broken down, he said, well, maybe there's a holding situation here. And they actually have have changed the the deep snapper there and got Hayes Hammond doing it now. And so, you know, perhaps they figured some things out, but uh, yeah, you've got to be able to execute in that situation. And they did.
1: It's time for today's Lucky Land
0: Horoscope with
1: Victoria Cash.
2: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: What you just hit on it. What They're in November, and they're having these big lulls in games that go all the way back to Memphis. What? So nine straight possessions on offense. Tulu took, you know, house the kick. It's great. Young man's electric. Don't know why he's not getting more touches, but whatever. What, what, how do... This is like an hour and a half, two quarters, a quarter and a half. Why the lulls? What's happening, Steve?
4: That's a great question. And Leach has brought that up multiple times in postgame and says, you know, we've got to learn to stand prosperity. And there've been times I think State has gotten the lead and then gotten comfortable and you know, kind kind of basically gone to sleep and and that that has that's got to change, you know, in order for State to win and get to 8 and 4 this year they're going to have to at some point put together four quarters of quality football. And they've been incapable of doing that so far. And I, I really think back if, if we're being honest under the Leach tenure, I mean, maybe that Missouri game in 2020 is probably the game where you have maybe had continuity on offense the entire day, maybe go back to LSU, but even in that LSU ball game, people forget. a state turned it over four times there, you know, and, and still won the game handily. And, if you play clean that day, you you know you might have an epic win where you have absolutely just wiped the field with LSU, and so and to give credit too, I mean you know to Auburn, you know those sure. guys came out and played hard football, and those guys get preschool, too. You know it's not like we're always you know it's not the Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals out there, and so uh, you know you've got to be able to go out there and compete. And uh, I give Cadillac and that staff a lot of credit; they they put in some new offensive wrinkles and gave State some problems with it. But at the end of the day. When the game was on the line, State made the big kick to tie it and get it in the overtime, and then outplayed them in overtime and ultimately won the football
3: game. Why, why do you think the offense is regressing? Um, Twenty-four straight. I mean, this has been for a few few weeks now. Kentucky, um, you know, Alabama—they actually moved it a little bit better, but between the twenties. Um, but that nine straight possessions without scoring, six coming out of halftime against a pod staff at Auburn, 24 straight passes, you're you're tipping off to SEC defensive linemen and especially edge rushers that they don't have to worry about the run. So it puts an enormous amount of pressure on your offensive tackles, Steve, and Will Rogers. What do you see with this offense?
4: Well, the first thing I'll say, I thought the offensive line played their worst game of the
3: year. Uh,
4: against Auburn, and and not just because of the sags. I think that there were there were people in in his face over and over and over again, and that that's part of the issue. That that that's part of the issue. So, and I think you got to get some stuff kind of situated uh, here in the next couple weeks, just because of the fact that that Georgia offensive defensive line is elite. You know, State's played Alabama, LSU. Auburn, those fronts are really, really good. This Georgia front is elite. And I think one of the things that we're seeing, too, is Mississippi State's kind of graduating a little bit offensively. You're not seeing drop eight anymore. I think people have realized that Will Rogers will absolutely pick you apart if that's what you do. And so now people are trying to defense them differently, and now they'll have to adjust. Football is a game of adjustments. Now everybody's bringing more pressure, forcing him to get the ball out early. I thought Auburn did a great job kind of defending the flats and taking the check game away. So now, you know, what's Leach do to counter that? You know, because this is a mimic league. Everybody, once they have some success, is going to mimic what everybody else does. And so you're not seeing drop A right here in those complaints because they've addressed those. Well, now, how do you handle this new fangled way that people are are defense in this Mississippi State offense? That's what has to be corrected here in the next three weeks.
3: Derek Hall ate their lunch. Former Mississippi State commitment. Gulfport, Mississippi. Ended up flipping to Auburn late. Uh eight tackles, six solo, two sacks, three for tackles for a loss. That guy was a machine. Um, Steve Robertson, two four seven sports, Jeans Page, the Boneyard Podcast on the Out of Bounds show and the Dosaki guest line. Tulu Griffin. So they're next to last. MSU's offense is next to last in explosive plays, Steve. And to me, I you may disagree, but to me, the game is predicated all on explosive plays this day and age. Can you generate them? Can you stretch a field? Can you go vertical, or can you do it running? Running plays from the line of scrimmage, whatever. Tulu is their most explosive player, yet he doesn't get that many touches. He had two receptions; one was a 57 yarder, one for one yard. What's the deal? Should he does he does he deserve more? T- I, I hear this. He dr- make but every every receiver on that. Austin Williams, Rara, Tulu, Wally, you know, others have dropped the football this year. And I saw it in BAM LSU game, too. Does he deserve more touches, Steve?
4: Well, he does. And the first thing I'll say is Derek Hall never publicly committed to Mississippi State. He was a lean throughout the process, and ultimately did choose Auburn. So I just want the record to reflect that. But, but yeah, I think the thing with Tulu, too, is tracking the football on the deep throw. There's been a couple times where State has thrown it basically over his head and he hadn't been able to make that catch. I mean, Alabama is a pretty good example of that. But I think you've got to find a way to get the ball in his hands doing what he does well. You know, And and I don't know if that's not moving him eventually to the slot receiver spot because I think that he's a guy that can take that that slant or that seven-yard hitch make a guy miss. And he's off to the races. And you saw an example of that on Saturday. And so I think maybe we're underutilizing him because we're having to play outside. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it in my estimation. I, I think that he's a guy – you know that his route tree is a little maybe a little more limited than you'd like at this point in his development and so maybe adjust and do what he does well you know get him the football and there have been some games and steve spurrier jr said it you know we got to feed him a little bit more and they came out and they did i guess it was against uh texas a and m they found the way to kind of get him the ball in space and let him kind of make some plays for you but you know, in order for this defense I mean, this offense to take the next step, you've got to do more in that intermediate passing game, which will, you know, impact those safeties, kind of loosen the box up a little bit because we're seeing a lot heavier boxes these days. I mean, state comes out, runs football well against Arkansas and A and M, so people are like, "No, nah, you're not going to do that." Right. And so then that they've adjusted their coverage, and so you know, football again is a game of adjustments. It's not in-game adjustments only. You know, it's over the course of a season as you kind of realize how people are attacking you. And To to me, that's the difference between a 7-win season and an 8-win regular season is the adjustments that State makes in these final three weeks.
3: Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty,
4: and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now,
3: you want to get mixed up in the
4: family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.
1: 18 plus.
3: Now, um, I'll give Leach this he he pulled he pulled the short straw in scheduling. He gets Georgia two of the first three years uh, during his tenure, and MSU really doesn't ever play Georgia. Um, I mean, wh- what are they trying to do this weekend? Just get out of the game healthy. I mean, Georgia's awesome. How do you see it?
4: Well, you know, here's the thing, too, and I I had this discussion with some fans on on Sunday. Everybody's like, well, I just hope that we can be competitive. You know, I hope that we can graduate to a point that we start expecting to win these games. And and at this point, you're not there. I mean, this Georgia team is incredible. They're they're number one for a reason. It's not some fluke. And they're probably the quietest number one team that we've seen in recent years. I don't know. They get enough respect. They're the defending national champions, and people just act like they're another team. But I'm eager to see how State handles maybe the logo on the side of a helmet. That was a problem against Alabama. Leach mentioned it, like we were scared of Alabama. I just want to see State come out there and punch them. You know what I'm saying? It's like like they did in 2020. Like, we don't care who you are, where you're from, or what's in your trophy case. We're here to play a football game. And I, I think that would be maybe a step forward for State. It's just to go out there and play these guys head up and not be intimidated by the logo.
3: Cromedy and we were fantastic on Saturday. Boy, Crumedy, uh, he made his presence known on the first series, Steve.
4: Yeah, he did. Very, very first play of the game, offensively, uh, they give it to Tank Bigsby, and Crumedy sheds a block and rides him to the ground. And I think that was good to see. And you know, we got him in post game and talked to him about the uh, you know the targeting call that they picked the flag up on. Uh, you know, that was uh, for a moment there, I was kind of holding my breath. It's like this kid's gone through so much, and as soon as he gets back out of here, he's about to get be knocked out of a game. But he comes right back and plays really well. Credited with just three tackles and a sack and one and a half tackles for loss, but uh, he impacted the game even though he didn't fill up the box score. And, and that could be big for state down the stretch. And, you know, he's still a little bit rusty, uh, but you, you feel like maybe you get him through this week and maybe those last couple ball games, he can be pretty close to midseason form.
3: Uh, better play call, Steve. Will to rah rah late in the game on the long touchdown pass or Leach uh, folding up the chairs on the sideline and throwing them down?
4: I think it's absolutely Leach throwing the chairs down. Um, There's so many people that, that have this this false narrative when it comes to Leach, like he's not engaged or he's not doing the things he needs to do or showing emotion. He just shows it differently. But that was a good example right there of him just kind of having enough and saying, you know what, we're going to change this up and uh, you guys are not going to sit over here. And he joked yesterday, he goes, we, we had everything over there except for playing cards, you know I mean? trying to get those guys engaged. And, you know, I thought it was big because you've gotten complacent on offense. You've gotten comfortable. And he goes and does that, shakes things up. And then later in the ballgame, you have some sense of urgency. And you ultimately do what it requires to win the football game.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire.
2: Huh? Oh,